Presented by the Evangelism Department of the North American Mission Board. This is Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. The podcast to help pastors be on mission in their local community. Here's your host, Joel Sutherland. Welcome to the Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland. When you hear the word strategy, your mind doesn't immediately go to evangelism. As a matter of fact, it probably goes to football, politics, or even the military. You hear them use that word all the time, yet you go to a meeting of Baptist pastors and you can be there for hours and you'll never hear it alluded to. But really, should it be that way? In a book I'd encourage anyone to read, uh, Courage to Execute by James Murphy, a former combat pilot in the military, now a business consultant, Murphy says this, the U.S. military gets extremely high levels of execution from team members, from teams with members who are often under age 21, most with no college education. These teams perform at extremely high levels in the most demanding, high-stakes environments imaginable and on GI pay. Their secret? Here's what he says. A simple, replicable process to make them elite warriors. He goes on on in the book in another portion to say this, general ideas lead to general execution and that gets sloppy. We have to eliminate doubt, guesswork, and ambiguity. In the military, those things kill people. Man, those are two fantastic quotes about strategy. What if your church had a simple, replicable process to make and reach people and make disciples. If you had a plan to allocate the resources of your church, and by resources I mean people, man hours, finances, skills, talents, abilities, willingness, if you had a plan to allocate the resources of your church to see people come to Christ and start growing in Christ, and you formulated it into a system that was simple and replicable, that's a strategy. And believe it or not, it's a very spiritual concept. Our enemy has a strategy. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, 11, I love it in the New Living Translation, says, so that Satan will not outsmart us, for we are familiar with his evil schemes. He has evil schemes, evil strategies, and they are very specific. So why shouldn't we? Instead, most churches have a general idea That leads to general execution, and nothing is really moved forward. In top evangelistic churches, we often see this simple strategy for evangelism and discipleship and growth in the Christian life. So let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll unpack this strategy idea a little more, and we'll hear a top evangelistic pastor break his strategy down. We'll be right back. I'm joined today by my co-host, Scott Smith. Scott, should a pastor be concerned about strategy? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I I think one of the reasons we're not as concerned in certain pockets of, you know, Southern Baptist Church life is maybe the idea of strategy has been seen as unspiritual. Maybe it's kind of, you know, carnal in its essence. And it's it's really not. Uh, If we get back to the basic definition of strategy, it's simply the organization of current resources to achieve a specific result. Obviously, the result is 
to see uh, people discipled and become disciple makers and evangelize their communities. Um, and not only that, but we could say in the in the same way that you just noted uh, in your opening monologue that that um, that Satan has a strategy. Obviously, God has a strategy. Um, the strategy is clearly laid out in the Great Commission, but you see God using strategy all the time. Matter of fact, a strategy that is what He has us doing doesn't supplant what what He does. Uh, if you think about how the you know the wall of Jericho came down, it was clearly a miracle. They had no pickaxes or shovels or battering rams, but He had specific things as a strategy. I want the priests here, the ark here. I want you to march this many days, this many times around the city. God had a almost a system. You could say that he wanted them to operate by mm-hmm. to get there, um, and I think that's what you'll see in effective evangelistic churches. In the same way, uh, in the great example you gave around the military, uh, you could apply that, extrapolate that principle of replicable um, processes. Uh, that's true about anything. That's why McDonald's can be run by teenagers. Mm, yeah. You know, systems, replicable processes that work again and again and again. I think some of the problem, and tell me what you what you think here, is we have this general idea of what we want to do in a church, but we don't really get specific with it. So I think, for example, Georgia has a, uh, a, a your SDOE in Georgia, you know, it has a, an evangelism strategy yes. it gives mm-hmm. churches. And uh, just in, what's the URL for that if guys want to go check it? 6estrategy.com. Um, 6estrategy.com. That's where you'll find that. So you've got that strategy for reaching people with the gospel. But then when you take the next step and we use a word like discipleship, that becomes a very generalized idea in Christian culture that we're not really sure when someone's discipled and we're a little fuzzy in our own thinking on what a disciple maybe looked like. And I bet you pulled 10 different uh, leading pastors and get 10 different answers on that. So do you think part of the problem is we're just not really clear on really even what we're trying to accomplish in that arena? Yeah, we have we have squishy goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of they're kind of nebulous. Um, and I do I do hear a lot of churches and ministries trying to, um, you know, they're gearing they're gearing the measurement of their success around discipleship. And to your point, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we can measure baptisms. Right. We can measure conversions. Now, that's not to say we know that every conversion that's turned in or reported is bona fide or not, but it's the best we have, yeah. all right? So, when we set up a system that leads to that result, how do, how do you how do you get someone to come to Christ? You know, what 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 leads up to that experience? Well, you can reverse engineer that back to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And then when you start reverse engineering that person's decision to come to Christ, you get into events, you get into environments we create at church, we get, you get into those that were per, uh, trained to personally evangelize and share their faith one-on-one, and then you can create systems and strategies around mobilizing more of that to achieve more of the result that you want. Exactly. And, I, you know, back to your point, I think, you know, the, 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 the Bible kind of laid out that for us. So when you look at the book of Acts, it says, you know, when the Lord added daily to the church those that were being saved, and when we get a number, you know, we get 3,000, we get 5,000, it doesn't go on and say, and... 80% of those became, you know, fully devoted followers of Christ. You, you, right. you know what I'm saying? So we, look, in our own defense, it, it's a little murky in those waters as yes. you squishy goals. Uh, but I, what I would think, and uh, for most pastors, just get concrete in what you think your church thinks a disciple is and get something that's measurable. 
yes. at, the, at the end of that. Well, and I think we would most of us would agree discipleship begins with conversion. Now, mm-hmm. I know that we can de- there are those debating that, sure. you know, do we disciple people before they're saved and that sort of thing. Um, I say no. I think Jesus laid it down the gauntlet when he said, in order to become my disciple, certain things need to be true. And yeah. as we go out through the New Testament, we see that conversion was the starting point. People came to Christ and began their discipleship process. So let, let's just assume that that's where it begins. Okay, well, let it begin there. Let's right. let's aim for that so that we can start the discipleship process and turn them into biblical disciples by first winning them to Jesus, which is why we have this topic on you know, on the table. It's evangelism. It, that's right. That's right. It's the first step. Well, recently, Vance Pittman, the pastor of Hope Church in Las Vegas, shared with pastors his strategy for evangelism and discipleship. He's one of the most evangelistic churches in the Southern Baptist Convention. So let's listen to what he has to say about his uh, process, his strategy at Hope. We took that, that God showed us in that first year, and we've developed our whole church now revolves around that. At Hope, we define a disciple with three words, abide, connect, and share. Abiding in Christ, personally and daily. Connecting in community and large group and small group. Sharing in the mission locally and globally. That's the three boxes. Abiding in Christ, personally and daily. Connecting in community, large group and small group. Sharing in the mission, locally and globally. Well, here's our strategy of how we live that out. How do you develop a relationship? How do you do it? What You just said it. How do you develop a relationship? Spend time. The only way to develop any relationship is time. So here's what we've decided. If following Jesus is all about relationships, here was the question. How do our people need to spend their time to grow these relationships? So here's our fourfold strategy. God time. Gather time. Group time. Go time. That's rocket science, isn't it? God time, gather time, group time, go time. Here's what we ask our people to do when they join our church. 1% of your day as a starting point. God time. What's that? 1% of your day is 15 minutes. 1% of your day, time alone with the Father. We're not getting them to commit to do something. We're asking them to invest their time to develop these relationships. 1% of your day, 15 minutes a day alone with the Father. We do surveys like they were doing here on the screen. We, we do them right now. We're about to start doing them like this on the screen because I love them. But we survey our church once a year, and we ask people in our church, if you've been here one to three years, three to five years, five to seven years, how many days a week do you spend time alone with the Father? The percentage goes up to people that have been in our church for five to seven years. It's over 87% of our people are spending time alone daily with God. God time, 1% a day. Gather time, 1% a week. It's an hour and a half. We ask you to gather with other believers in corporate worship. Choose to invest your time to cultivate these relationships, 1% of your week. Number three, group time, 1% of your month. What's that? Seven hours. Seven hours a month that you're going to gather in small groups. It averages about an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes a week where you connect with a small group of believers. At Hope, we are deeply committed to being a church of small groups. We averaged 
through the summer, we averaged about 2,600 people in weekend attendance. We hit 3,000 this last weekend for the first time other than a Christmas or Easter. But 2,600 people in weekend attendance we averaged through the summer. We have how many people connected in small groups, Tom? Almost 4,000. So we average 2,600 people. We have almost 4,000 people connected in small groups. Why? Because we believe. I tell them from the pulpit, if you only got one hour a week to give me, don't come here. Go to the group. We get them in the group, we'll never lose them. We only get them in the gathering, we'll lose them. 1% of your month, seven hours. Fourth box or fourth part of the strategy is go time. 2% of your year. You know what that is? Seven days. We ask them to give seven days intentionally crossing cultures with the gospel. You can do that by volunteering an afternoon a month in our refugee ministry in inner city Las Vegas, or you can do that by getting on an airplane and going for seven days to some other country in the world. You can do that by, there's a, there's a thousand ways to do it, but so if you add that up, 1% of your day, 1% of your week, 1% of your month, 2% of your year, you know what that is? 5%. Here's what we tell our people. You give us 5% of your life, it'll change the other 95. It's a starting point. What am I talking about? I'm talking about culture of evangelism. Here's what we've told them. One third of being a Christ follower is about engaging relationships with unbelievers. One fourth of our strategy requires them to intentionally cross cultures with the gospel. What is that? It's building culture into your church that facilitates evangelism. Now, let me give you a a quick resource, okay? Um, if you go on our website, I've given it to you several times, hopechurchonline.com, January through May of this year, I preached every four years, I preach what I just did for you in 20 minutes, we preach over 11 weekends. So January to May of this year, I preached this over 11 weekends in the life of our church. Every four years, we take our whole church through it. Every new believer, we walk through this. We have a 42-day devotional guide that we've written called The Life of a Jesus Follower that's all about abide, connect, and share. We just walk them through this. What is that? It's culture of evangelism, if you want to call it that, but it's really a culture of making disciples, which holistically includes crossing cultures with the gospel, engaging people in relationships. It's a culture of event. You are not a part of the life of our fellowship unless you get a Bide Connect share and you've said, hey, I'm in at this 5% life thing. 1% of my day, 1% of my week, 1% of my want, 2% of my year. That's what our church culture looks like. To give you a practical example of that. That series is online. It's 11 weekends. Tom, we have written small group material that goes with it. We have devotional guides. It's all there. Everything but the devotional guide because we have these printed. Everything else is free. If you want access to it, you can go look at it. You can can check it out and see what's going on there. But that's how we do that in our church context. Joel, I'll let you come and whatever questions we want to try to answer. I want to try to give you a picture of how we create this culture in our fellowship, and I hope that did that. Scott, you have to love the simplicity and brilliance of Vance's strategy. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it because it gives you something you can hang your hat on. It gives you a a peg to grab onto, uh, and it, it, it absolutely is simple. Matter of fact, as we look at top baptizing churches, that is the common thread with strategy. Mm-hmm. It usually is pretty simple. 
Yeah, I think in most churches, we're just used to, uh, you know, uh, come to church and do what we need you to do. And we may ask you to do something this week, something next week. This sermon may dictate something different or this need. And they're very specific. Abide, connect, share. There's your strategy on. And so I think the brilliance of that is how many weeks do you have to hear that before you have it? Oh, yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it catches it catches on quick. Uh, one of the things we – and then he moved into the time issue, like uh, the time aspect of relationships. So you need God time, you need gather time, you need group time, and you need go time. Again, that's comprehensive Christianity 101 that they've codified into something that you can latch onto and remember. And here's here's one of the things that's important, and, and some of the guys listening to this even got the same impression I did as soon as you heard Vance go through it. It's like, oh, that's – that makes total sense. And you can see the linear nature of it in your head, and now you have clarity. I think back to your earlier question, why don't we have better strategy? Why don't we have more strategy? Well, yeah, a lot of times we don't know what we're measuring, but a lot of times we just haven't gotten clarity. And nobody's come along to give us that clarity, to give us as uh, maybe a pastor of a, of a medium-sized church you know, something that maybe, you know, that we just haven't come up with on our own yet. Yeah. And I think loss aversion kicks in here somewhere a little bit too, where we're thinking, oh, well that left out X yeah. and that left out Y and that left out Z. And and then, well, look, that that's limitless, right? I mean, right, right. I mean, right. We could come up with what may have been left out of our strategy. Uh, it's not going to be perfect. Right. And, and which is why, and you can, you can take two top baptizing churches and they'll have a different set of mm. of statements or you know a different uh series of catchphrases that sum up their strategy that mm. everybody can repeat but but they're different but they they still go back to like I said Christianity 101 we were we were at Church of the Highlands for a conference uh, one of the best examples there one of the fastest growing churches in in America baptizing mm. someone literally every they've never had a service where someone didn't come to Christ yeah and theirs is, you know, know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. So they build everything in the church around those four things. Everyone needs to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, make a difference. Again, very simple. Not too many of them. No. Everybody in the church can repeat that before too long. Yep. They're going to be mentioned in almost every service, like Vance does. You know, sure. he preaches through it and then talks about it. And and that's how you get it into the DNA. Well, I, you know, I think there's something in our brains uh, somebody smarter than me could tell us that we just like knowing what you expect of us. You know, it, it, if you take it out of the church world, if my, if my wife looks at me and, and says, hey, we're going to clean the house today, she's content with the 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 charge to clean the house. Well, I'm not. I say, tell me exactly what you expect of me. Like, give me a list so that I know when I'm done, when I've done my part, right? right. And so – she, she, the way she thinks, she would say, well, we're done when it's clean. You know, it, the way I think is, no, I want my list because I'm going to organize my whole day or my whole time based on, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to make it efficient and all that. So, because my brain wants to know when have I done what you want me to do. Right. And I right. think there's, when you have a strategy like Vance's or even the one you mentioned, there's some part of us that says, now I know what the church expects from me. Right. Now, now I know what God expects from me when you can codify it like this. I think there are multiple parts of a strategy and one depends on the other. And what I mean by that is in order to have a strategy, what do you have to have? You have to have clarity mm -hmm. of mission or vision, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've got to get to uh, the motivation. You've got to have motivation to implement. And then you've got to have systems right. <laughs> that actually make it show up and go to work. And so 
But you can't have systems and you won't have drive and motivation if you don't have clarity. Right. You know, right. so so the the first thing that needs to happen is we need to get really clear on what the vision and the strategy is. Once you're really clear, like if if that's all it is, if it's like something to do with God, gather, group, and go, uh-huh. for instance, uh-huh. or you know, abide. Uh, what was it again? Abide, uh, connect, share, connect, and share. Right. Well, now I'm clear. Okay, so now that I'm clear, now creativity kicks in. I begin to think in terms of systems, how to get people to abide how to get people to connect, how to get people to share, and how to make that show up in the life of my church. But if I don't get that clarity at that level, that, it's not going to happen. That's it's right. It's a struggle. And, and if I don't have the clarity at the pastoral level, nobody else is going to have it at any, any other level either. So that's right. I, I just think it, it needs to be simple. People need to be able to repeat it, yes. and it needs to be doable, uh, yep. bottom line. Mm-hmm. So, Pastor, at that point, I'm going to ask you, what is your strategy? If you're like 99% of the churches, you're saying, well, I don't have one. And uh, you're you're not alone, but your church needs a simple process for moving people from gospel conversation to salvation to discipleship. And I would encourage you, look, go online. We'll put the link to Vance's church in the show notes, but go online and just Google Hope Church Las Vegas, Vance Pittman. You'll find all those resources that his church is giving away for free to help your church have a strategy for reaching people. Thanks for listening to Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. To find out more about leading your church on mission, be sure and check out the blog, www.namb.net forward slash Your Church on Mission. To send in a comment or question, email it to evangelism at namb.net.